Welcome to Equipus Christchurch. Equipus Church is a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Christ. For more details, check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. My name is Pastor Simon and I'm from Germany. So um, any other year I would have started talking about football. I won't do that because... Um, the summer hasn't been kind to us. Our expectations were, uh, were a little bit higher. So, but this morning I turned on the telly while I was getting ready and there was the rerun of the game from the old legs. And when I turned the TV on, it was 30 to 18 or something. And the Springboks, any, any South Africans here? Oh yeah, come on, they were leading. And, and kind of last year was the first time in my life in South Africa, in, in Joburg. But I thought, oh no, I don't want the All Blacks to lose because I have to preach to a depressed church there. That. And, and so I was kind of praying. I thought that was life, it wasn't though. But you know, God is beyond time. So I was praying, said, God, let them win. Like have them a last minute winner. And then in the end, they got that penalty and the throw in and the rest is history. So congratulations. Um, isn't it great to be supporting a world-class winning team? Yeah, yeah. We, so we kind of, you in rugby and normally us in football, we can kind of connect there and, and you know, both uh, feel sad and laugh about the English. Isn't that great? And, no, but so I'm in a pastor in Flensburg in Germany. Flensburg is right in the north of Germany at the border to Denmark. And what is so amazing for me tonight here is that one of my good friends, my mentor, my supervisor, my second dad, Peter Frodero, you all know him, or most of you know him, he has been here. So he's been kind of part of my journey and really important part of my journey for the last 10 years. So he, um, he was my main teacher at Bible College. We both left at the same time. I thought, well, I'm, I might never see him again. And, and, and then... But everything happened a bit different than I expected. So life does that to you sometimes. And he was, he married me and my wife. He ordained me as a pastor. He's now my, my supervisor in a way. And, and we're on this journey as a church to becoming an equipist church. So probably next, next February or um, March, we're going to officially be named equipers, not just on the inside, but on the outside. But it was so cool. Two years ago, Jordan came to our church and he, he was... He, after church, he said, wow, this is probably the church that felt most at home from all of the churches we saw in Europe. And that's, I was so honored by that because uh, when I took over the church two years ago, it was a, at a very different place. At a very different place. And you know how you sometimes you end up in a situation and, and you kind of, you've got some experience, you get some wisdom maybe, some knowledge. But you know, I'm, I'm, you know I need the power of God. I need the power of God to help me because I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be able to change this, and and so I want to speak a bit about the power of God tonight to you. But before I do that, one thing I feel oh, it's really an honor for me. So Peter told me some month ago. He said, Simon. So I see him monthly. I either go to Colding, it's Denmark, it's the college where he's a director. Uh, one of the things he does, and 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 it's just 45 minutes drive from where I am. And I remember meeting with him and said, hey, Simon, I'm going to go to Christchurch. At that time, he said, for three months. Ended up being six months. And, and he said, I don't know what I'm going to find there and, and how the situation will play out. Can you please pray for me? So we started praying for this church 
You know, around the globe, 20,000 kilometers from here, every Thursday now, in our prayer time, and we just declared God's victory over this place, and we prayed for Pastor Peter. And now, standing here, being able to share my heart with you guys, meeting Pastor Tico, meeting Pastor Shelley, and all this, it's just inspiring, and it, I love being part of a global vision. It's amazing. So, yeah. Just thank you for your hospitality. I think it's the first time in my life I'm speaking anywhere and there's a room that has a sign. It says, Pastor Simon, wow. <laughs> it's, it's really cool. But so I want to speak about power, God's power this, uh, this evening. And, and the, the title of my message is Positioned for Power. Wow. Say positioned, positioned for Power. I believe that God wants to position you for, to experience more of his power in your life. Not as, a, not, a, not as an idea or as a nice thought or something you dream of or hope for, but as a reality that you can step into. Because we can work as hard as we can. We can use all the gifts God has given us, all our abilities, all our resources. But without his power, we are so limited. So just to illustrate that, have a look at the video clip if they're going to get it going. Maybe some of you have seen it. I love that one. Tihomir, is this a Swedish machine? You know what you're doing right? Let me show you. Bravo. Bravo. Dobro, dobro, pregrijače se, čuješ? I to si sve napravio za sat vremena, kažeš. Da. Bravo. Bravo. Svaka čast. Bravo. Thank you. So, this is such a great illustration of how life can be sometimes. You know, you're, you're kind of slaving away and you're doing everything you can and you, you're making some progress. Bravo. Somebody says maybe to you. Your mom probably said, well done. And, no, but, and, and, but listen, if you just knew the power that is in your hands already, if you knew that you just need to plug this thing in and, and pull the trigger and, and suddenly what you do becomes so much easier and you get so much effective and, and it's, you, you just find a breakthrough. And... Um, just this morning, I oh know, listen, I'm still, in Germany it's almost morning, so be kind to me in this. So tonight, I want you just to imagine what this could mean for your personal situation today. Where's this area in your life where you are trying as hard as you can, but you're seeing little to no progress? And I'm telling you, God wants to equip you with his power so that you can see breakthrough. Because, listen, it's one of his names. God has many names. And one of his names is the God of the breakthrough. And breakthrough requires his power to move. So one thing I love about Pastor Peter Prothero is just the ability of him quoting scripture. He's amazing, huh? I know. And I translate him often in Germany, and it's been, oh, I'm, I'm just trying to keep up. He's just going to, ba-da-da-da-da-da-da. And I'm, and, but I'm a bit different, so I would like to be like this. I read something, and I, I find my way around in the Bible 
very well. I know where things are, but I'm not so good at quoting. And I, I was frustrated with the way God's word was in my life. And listen, don't give up reading your Bible. The word of God has power. It has the power to change your life. The more you fill your thinking and your heart with the word of God, the more you're going to see how it's affect your life. It's going to start to affect the way you speak. And the way you speak is the way you create the world around you. And that's why it's so important. And, and it's hard. And the reason it's hard is because it's so powerful. The enemy doesn't want you reading your Bible. Listen, and it's, it's never going to be like, oh, this is easy. Hey, let me, let me read Leviticus. Awesome. Wow, this is amazing. So, but do, do whatever you can that the word of God is part of your life. You know, change it up. Use anything available. And what I did for a few months is I would read the Sermon on the Mount. So this is one of the most important things Jesus shared. It's kind of his uh, uh, address to the state in a way you could compare it like this. State of the Union. Um, and, and we find it, the, probably the most famous recording of it is we find it in the New Testament. Book of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapters 5, 6, and 7. And I just took the decision, I'm just going to read this now. As long as it takes that it becomes part of me. So I would read it every day. I would read it in different translations. I would listen to it. I would read it again. Sometimes read it out loud. Sometimes just, you know, trying that this will become part of me. And it's amazing. Try it. Just try to focus on a little bit of God's word. And God will just give you a revelation. And you, and you will find layer after layer after layer of truth hidden in it. And it's just going to fill you on the inside. And listen, everything that needs to change in your life right now, everything, everything starts within. God always works from the inside to, to the outside. And so often we complain about the outside. Yeah. Oh, I wish this would be different. I wish this would be different. But listen, Adam and Eve, you know, they had the perfect, they had the paradise. And still because the inside wasn't right, it wasn't enough. It's never going to be enough. But you have the power and the authority to create because you're made in the image of the creator. So and that's why we need to align ourselves. What, what Pastor Tico shared before says, hey, you, you made a decision to be here tonight. And, and often it's just about showing up. It's about showing up. I'll tell you something. I just last Saturday, no, Friday, I arrived in Auckland. And it's an 11-hour difference. So Germany is 11 hours behind New Zealand. And, and I never had this kind of jet lag before. And uh, so my plan was I'm going to sleep on the plane, but only when it's nighttime in New Zealand. So I'm going to align with the time zone. And the first night worked beautifully. And I thought, I did it. I'm stronger than jet lag. Ha, ha, ha. <gasps> The second night, that was Saturday to Sunday, I didn't sleep at all. Not one second. And the whole Sunday, I, did, I was in church in Auckland. I wanted to see all the teams, how they do the transitions. And, you know, I'm like, Germans always want to see the structure and the system. And, like, <laughs> who's in charge here? No, and, and, um, and by the end of the day, I was really tired and exhausted. And it was a minute before their 5 p.m. service. The house was packed. And Pastor Sam comes and says, hey, Simon, you want to do the offering tonight? And everything in me said, no. <laughs> no, I'm just going to embarrass myself. I'm not ready. 
I'm not prepared, but I've learned when I feel like that, all I got to do is say, yes, yes. I'm just, I'm just going to show up. I'm just going to make myself available to God to use me. And you know, if you, you know, it's this stupid slogan from Nike, but just do it. It's so simple. The thing is, when you do something and you don't feel like it, you're dependent on God's power to show up. And that's actually the place where you're going to experience his power. So often we want to see God come through in our lives, but we don't create space for him to come through. We control everything. And we don't want to let go. You know, the reason why your life is out of control is because you don't allow him who can control it. Space in it. Yeah, okay, let's get to my message. I'm like, there's, ah, there's a timer. That's good. So, um... Tico said, I have like two to three hours. Yeah. I might take five. We're just going to read through the book of Leviticus. You want that? <laughs> Man, I reckon you're, you know, Dunedin was quite full this morning, but I reckon you're louder. That's, I like that. Yeah. Don't tell them I said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus' ministry takes up, takes off. He's seeing healings, he's seeing breakthrough, and crowds gather. And when he sees that, it says in Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, it says, One day, as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him, and he began to teach them. And he starts with the Beatitudes. You might have heard it. Blessed are those who hunger for righteousness, and so on. And then you have um, three chapters, five, six, and seven. And the last verse of chapter seven, which is seven, 28, and 29, the last two verses, it says, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike the teachers, their teachers of religious law. So it starts out with Jesus seating himself on a mountain. And if you look at it from a prophetic angle, so the, all the symbolism in it, a mountain is always a place of authority. A mountain is always a place of authority in a region in someone's life. And Jesus gets up on that mountain and he seats himself. And also a seat, you know, it's, that's like a throne. It's the place of influence. It's the place of, of authority. So this is more than just a, a scenery description there. It is a message that's being sent. And then he speaks and it ends with the people were amazed at the authority that was in his teaching. So when, when we go back to the first one, it says, so he addresses the crowd, but his disciples gathered around him. And the crowds that are in a distance listening to him, they are amazed at his authority. When we look at that word authority, it's the Greek word exousia. Turn to somebody and say exousia. Try to spit not as, as much as I'm doing here right now. Yeah, 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 exousia. And that word turns up nine times in, in Matthew's gospel. And it's, it's being used for different, um, to describe or translate in different words. Let me just... Uh, give you some definitions of the word exousia. It means the power of choice, liberty of doing as one pleases, 
physical and mental power. The power of authority, of influence and of right. That means of privilege. It's the power of rule or government, the power of him whose will and commands must be submitted to by others and obeyed. And he's using it nine times. And I'm just going to read a few verses to you where that word is being used, sometimes translated as authority or power or, or the right to do something. So we read it in um, Matthew 9, verse 6. Jesus says, so he's about to heal somebody. And they're like, and, and he goes up to this man and says, to prove that I have the authority, the power to heal you, I'm going to forgive your sins. So he's forgiving his sins first. And of course, the Pharisees, the teachers of the religious law, they hate it. Who is he that he just comes here and says, I forgive you your sins. And he says, well, I'm going to show you that I've got the authority. That's why I'm going to heal him also. And, he hears, and again, the people are shocked. Matthew 10, verse 1. Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them the exousia, the authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. That's the authority Jesus carries. And that his word carries. And this Jesus is in your life. The Bible teaches that Christ lives within me in his fullness. And the same power that raised him from the dead is alive and active inside of us. Not outside of us, but inside of us. So, and this commissioning here for his disciples, you know, listen, you are Christ's disciple. It, this is for you. The same authority to cast out every spirit Every evil spirit to heal every disease and sickness. Listen to this. It's amazing. And when we go all the way to the end of Matthew, it says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on the earth. Therefore, sit down and wait until I return and try to stay out of harm's way or something. You know? Church, so church is us. Getting together, you know, locking the doors, waiting for Jesus to return, and try to, to sin too much. Yeah? Sounds awesome. Brilliant. No, no, no. We've been given authority. There's a power, an authority, and the word author, to author your life, and, 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 the, and the world you're living in, it's been given to you. How do we get there? So you have, we start in five, Jesus gets up on the mountain, which is a picture of his authority. And his disciples gather around him. And it ends up with him, you know, the people that are on a distance, they are amazed at the authority. So position for power means you need to draw closer to Christ. You know, and it, this is one of the things... It's kind of easy to say, but what does it actually mean? What does it mean? And, but between those two verses, the first and the last, Jesus is teaching. And his teaching um, is about life. <laughs> He's teaching about money, about prayer, about relationship with God, about how to handle conflict, how to handle hardship, how to handle giving. 
You know, it's everything that's part of you. And I just, um, I said in, in Matthew 22, Jesus being asked, what's the most important commandment to keep? You know, and, and I get that question. It's a very German question. What is the rule I need to follow? You know? Yeah. And, and, and Jesus says, you need to love your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength, or all of your mind. And listen, everything Jesus talks about is in this commandment. Let's just take one aspect of it, how to handle money. Listen, you make money by using all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. You are using what God has given you, your abilities, your creativity, your strength, your emotional strength, um, to make money. That's why intentionally giving is a way how we express that to God. That's why we need to talk about giving in church. And it's a way putting God first. In the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus says, when he talks about provision, he says, put God first and everything else. I had a real breakthrough moment um, with my wife um, some month ago. Somehow, I had this idea. So my wife loves a nice house. So she's dreaming where Flensburg is near to the ocean and she has this dream of a nice house near to the water. In the morning she can walk down and take a dip before the day starts and space for guests to come and spend a few months with us. And then, you know, and I'd like that. I'm, I'm not against that. I'm so, but somehow in my mind I had this idea, I have to provide that for her. And Flensburg, we are really at a pioneering, in a pioneering situation. We're doing things that no church has been doing in Flensburg right now. It's a real battle. It's amazing. And doors are opening. And, and God is just providing. But somehow, of course, like, you know, I'm, I'm not rich. And, and I, and somehow this idea, and we, one day we're sitting and talking about church. And, and she said, you know what, Simon, let's see how far we can push this thing. Let's just try to go it all the way. And then she said, and you know what? If that means living in a rented flat for the rest of my life, I don't care. And in that moment, it, that just as a husband freed me. And I know, come on, my wife and I, we have the same first. <laughs> you know, you can dream about everything you want, but the first thing is so important. You need unity in that, and that releases a power. I can't tell you how amazing it is to have unity together, you know, with people, and especially in your marriage. You know, couples that pray together for the same thing, they're going to see breakthrough. That's why the devil tries you from praying. I know it, because uh, it's a struggle for us as well sometimes. Um, just let me... So, to experience this authority in your life, you need to come to a place where you genuinely need it. Safety and security is not God's first concern. <laughs> in a way it is, because what's the worst that can happen? You die, you go to heaven, that's all right, okay? <laughs> Yeah, isn't it? Like, it's a great message. So what did the pastor talk about? Oh, we're going to die. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. But, but um, 
So, but sometimes we're so focused on, on, on our safety and on, on our comfort. And I get it. You know, I'm a father. I want my, I've got, maybe you can pull up the picture from my family. I forgot that in the beginning. Bam, there it is. So, this is just from this summer. I'm married to a wonderful, beautiful wife. She's been actually speaking last night at a women's conference in Germany. And I have got three daughters. Six, three, and one today. My oldest, she loves presents and birthdays. When she heard, so my wife's birthday was on Friday, and my youngest daughter's birthday is today. And she said, Dad, you're going to miss Mom's and Matilda's birthday? I said, yes, I am. She said, that's so bad for me. Like, I'm so disappointed in you. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, honey, but I, Mom and I, we talked about it, and, and, and you know, you're going to... She said, yeah, anyway, it's really bad of you. That's so... <laughs> so I, I spend a day in Auckland buying nice presents, and so I've got, I have to make up. And, so, but um, it's, you know, you need to come to a place where you need to see God's power come through. You need it. You are desperate for it. And God sometimes, when you've said yes to God, he allows to, for you to come to a place like this because he wants you to see more of his power so that your faith rises and that you're ready to tackle even bigger things in this city. But if we're focused on my comfort and safety, you know, and say, God, where's your power? I never see God come through. People have these amazing testimonies. Well, have you tried it? Have a try. And listen, I'm preaching to myself right now. We are moving into a new venue. We need way more money than we have. And I know, and God told me, Simon, your job is just to get them in there. I'm going to provide. You know? A result of that could be that I lose my job and uh, we're going to live on this street. And die. <laughs> no, but, but I know that I know that I know that God is going to come through. Every time, every time I've made a step in faith, God has come through. Every, and right, some of you are here and you've been waiting for God, but God is waiting for you. You've been waiting for God to show up, but God is waiting for you to show up. And to say, listen, I'm just going to do it right now. I'm going to take this step. And, you know, don't, don't be stupid, but be bold. And in Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, faith at the substance of things, what? Hoped for. Sometimes people lack faith. And you know what? I do too sometimes. It's no problem. When I lack faith, I just go back on hope. I just go, I go all the steps back. What do I hope for? And the moment I found hope, I know the victory is there. Because whatever I hope for, whatever I hope for will be the platform for faith to grow. And I'm going to see God come through. But... These places where we are weak, where we don't see it with our eyes, and especially where we don't feel like it, you know, they are not nice. It's not good. I love that verse. It's in 2 Corinthians 12, the verses 9 and 10. And Paul says, I'm just going to read it. I know it in German, but so. Each time he said, that is Jesus, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power, the exousia of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness, in the insults, hardships, persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, say for when I'm weak, when I'm weak. I am 
strong. When I'm weak, I'm strong. And I love that he says, I'm strong, because religiously would have said, when I'm weak, he is strong. Hallelujah. You know, it sounds so spiritual, isn't it? You know, it's one of my pet peeves. I, you know, you have an amazing worship band. I love this. It was way too short. We could have gone two hours. But, I, like, um, some month ago, I went to a service, and they had this brilliant guitarist. He was doing real guitar solos and everything. And I went afterwards, I went to him, wow, that's awesome. High five. And he said, oh, no, it's all the Lord. I was almost about to slap him. <laughs> No, because it makes me angry. Listen, all you parents here, your kid comes to you and has painted something or created something or done something, you know, don't you want this, your kid to delight in it? To have joy over it? Or do you want your kid to say to others, oh, it's all my parents. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not me. It's their genes. You know, you know that's, that's stupid. It feels so religious. But it's dumb and it holds us back from enjoying who we are. God wants you to enjoy who you are created to be. And, and to, to discover who you are. So I love that he says, in my weakness, I am strong. But when you go a bit, you know, when you go a bit back in that verse, it says, that's why I take pleasure in my weakness and the insults, blah, 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 that I suffer for Christ. You know? Everything you do can be absolutely according to plan and God's perfect, beautiful will, but you still find yourself in a place of hardship, of insults, and crisis. Why is that? Because God wants to fill a table in the face of your enemies for you. But the way to that table is through the valley of death. Something needs to die. Something in us needs to die so that God's life God's power, God's resurrection life can actually function through us. And it, this is not for God, from God to punish you. It's actually to bring you to a place, to a position of power. God needs to, for you to see what's inside your heart. <laughs> that comes out in times of trouble. So that you know what you're dealing with. So Jesus, when he speaks... In the Sermon on the Mount, he speaks a lot about integrity and honesty, you know. Don't, don't pretend to be anything you're not. Don't pretend to be the Holy One. Don't pretend, but just be honest. Be honest where you are. Listen, and church is not a place where we pretend that everything is all right, but where we come as we are to be equipped and renewed and restored and transformed through the power of Christ. So if we come to church and we try to pretend, we're actually missing what it's all about. As a pastor, I, I, I get an intimate insight in the lives of people. It's scary. Don't be a pastor, man. It's, woo. You know, and sometimes I stand there and have these couples in church, and they are there praising God, going through the motions. They look like the perfect Christian couple on the outside, but I know, I know that they are hurting so bad. And they hurt each other since years, and they're just together for the kids. And it's all pretend, it's all fake. And listen, you know what? I would rather see them break down and just be honest and say, God, here I am. I'm a broken man. I'm a broken woman. 
I, I hurt myself, I hurt others. I'm a sinner. And Jesus says that, you know, don't be like somebody who's standing in the corner and like, look how spiritual I am. I pray. And, and we can even do that in the way we do church. Look, I'm John, hallelujah. And now let me go home and cry or drink or whatever we do. You know, listen. And, but we got we to be honest. We need to say, in my weakness. In my weakness. You know, when, when I say in my weakness, where does your mind go? Where's your weakness right now? Where's the pain? It was getting quiet, eh? <laughs> no, but listen. But still we can say, I am strong. Because it's not my power. It's not my strength. It's not me who's calling the shots, but it's my Lord Jesus Christ. And he is resurrected from death to life. And he gave me the authority to change the world I'm living in. So you know what? One idea can change your world. One idea can change this city. One idea can change New Zealand. Some weeks ago, have you met Simon and Amy? Were they here? Now it's a couple from Denmark. Uh, he said, Pastor, they are pastors. Brilliant. Good friends of mine. It was so funny. I arrived on Friday in Auckland, New Zealand, after traveling 20,000 kilometers. And that evening, I had dinner with some friends who lived like an hour away. <laughs> <laughs> Felt a bit strange, but it was okay. No, and, and they live in Denmark. And there's a town in Denmark that's called Billund. Anybody here heard of Billund? So there's one, yeah, one. But who here has heard of Lego? Yes, almost everybody has heard of Lego. Those bricks you stick, stack to, yeah, yeah. Lego, how do you say it here? Lego. Lego. Yeah. In German, it's Lego. So, um, that town, Billund, has an international airport. And it's in a, in a region, there's nothing there. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's further away from anything than New Zealand. Literally, it's in the middle of nowhere. But it has an international airport. It has about 50 companies. It has massive parks and hotels. And, and it's quite amazing just because of Lego. That's where Lego is from. So it's one guy who had this idea. Listen, one idea can transform a whole region. It's just one idea. And you know, maybe you're sitting here tonight and this idea is planted inside of you. From God, he has made you to be the one that carries into his world. And he's waiting for you to access his power, to see this come to life. So it's one idea. And, and I don't know if, if Pastor Peter, he, you know, in the last two years, me leading this church, and we had changed so much. And once a month was my time to drive up to Colding, meet with Pastor Peter, and cry for an hour because I didn't know what to do. And everything is so hard. And, and he would be, there, there. You're going to be fine. And one of the things he, he taught me was, Simon, pray for an early win. And I've seen that over and over again. Wherever you are right now, pray for an early win. And so, of course, what you, what you experience yourself, you, you tell other people. And we have this lady in our church. She um, applied for a position to become a university professor at the University of Flensburg. And I don't know if you know that, but a university position um, is connected with a lot of staff, with a lot of money. Um, so she has... She is now a professor, but when she applied, everybody said, that's a hopeless case. You will never in your life ever be a professor anywhere. 
not in this place. But there was something in her. She was working at that university for a while now. And she came to me and said, she said, I believe I'm made for a time such as this. I know that God has put something in me for this position. And I just encouraged her. I said, hey, go for it. Try it. And academia is a brutal world. Like everybody's stepping everyone and it's terrible. I didn't know. I had this kind of scientific, uh, neutral, whatever idea about it. And, and so, and in Germany, to become a university professor, you don't, you, you can't just apply for one opening, but you have to apply for at least three. So she applied for several, and it was a process of two years. And the university in Flensburg had her reviewed seven times. Normally, you do one. <laughs> Because people were fighting against her so hard. It ended up with three major universities in Germany saying, we want you to come. And the president of the university in Flensburg in the end said, I want this lady to be at this university. That was a victory. Come on. The influence. But listen, sometimes God will open a door and you finally get into that new, uh, that, that God wants to give to you. And then everything is hard. People try to sabotage her from the beginning. And honestly, she was in her body, in, in her emotions. She was so broken down because it was so hard. And we were sitting in the office one time. And she said, Simon, I'm, I'm ready to give up. I don't know what to do anymore. And I didn't know either. You know, you know what, what your pastor prays while you talk to him? He says, help, Jesus. <laughs> so I said, hey, listen, you got to pray for an early win. Like really cool, like Peter told me. Pray for an early win. And then we prayed for an early win. You know what happened? A week later, she's in her office. Her phone rings. She takes the phone. And a, a lady says, This is, the president, uh, this is the office of the President of the Federal Republic of Germany. He would like to meet with you. Would you find time in your schedule? And listen, Flensburg is a small town. So we're 120,000 people living there. And, and so the President of Germany came to her, met with her two hours. And she's in the area of health and nutrition. That's her field. Came out from that meeting together with her stepped in front of the national press and said, Germany has been doing aid in Africa wrong for decades. We're going to change our policy based on the recommendations of this professor. And everybody who was fighting against her had to shut up because God just gave her a victory. And, but listen, to see that victory, she had to position herself in this place where she was dependent on God's victory, on His power to come through. Amen? Hey, I just want to, tonight, I just want to invite you to stand up with me. Because what I'm preaching here, this is not something I thought up, something, a good idea. It's something I'm living right now. I know if God's power doesn't come through, I'm lost, man. <laughs> it's not going to look good. It's not going to be nice. It's going to be hard. But I know that I know that I know that God will come through. And I don't know where you are right now, but I just want to invite you just to raise your hands right now. And I want to pray for you. God, you see everyone right here, right now. You see where they are positioned in life. And I know and I thank you that 
the power of your resurrection, the power of your Holy Spirit, the, the power and authority of your kingdom is with each and every one who believes that you are the Son of God. And it's available, available right now. Not in some distant future, not when, when circumstances change, but right now in this moment. Lord, I just want to impart the faith and the hope that people understand that you have given them the grace to overcome anything and everything that tries to stop your kingdom from being um, extended in this, in this city and in this nation. Lord, I just want to prophetically speak these ideas to come to life that are here to change situations. Lord, I want to speak that there are, tonight there are people here who, who are going to bring innovation and who are going to bring change to this region. And that this church is going to be a place that brings forth change, not just to Christ church, but to the whole nations and to the nations of this world, Lord. And just Holy Spirit, I want to ask you that we'll, yeah, that we'll come and release hope. Release hope. And I just want to break any I just want to break any religious curse that people have spoken over you. When people are trying to hold you down, when people are afraid of the power that is inside of you, of the boldness that you've been carrying since you were a small child. And people have tried to, to keep you small and small and small and you've started to believe that. And I just want to expose that life, lie tonight. It is a lie from the enemy. enemy. And I believe you're meant to be visible. You're made to be visible and to carry the glory of God. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch.